Hello there. Presented by the Atlas Strength Shop. This is the Atlas Nerds in Iron podcast. With your hosts, Cameron Ray and Tyler Hales. Good afternoon and welcome to the Atlas Nerds and Iron Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Ray. There's a co-host, Mr. Tyler Hales. Hey, everybody. All right, Tyler, so we've got two drinks in front of us. We want to start with the uh, we want to start with that whistle pig? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So All right. I stopped and grabbed us a few goodies, and we have a small, like a sample size bottle of 10-year-old whistle pig rye. I've never had it. Uh, Cameron said it's really good. <laughs> all right all right so getting started on this whistle pig tin initial oh that smells good i kind of savored the smell of it as it was coming to my lips yeah so, yeah that was a very enjoyable First sip. Man, All that's right. smooth. So, so while Tyler enjoys that, I'm going to get started on the sponsors. First and foremost, we have Unmasked Studios. Go to Unmasked Studio at Instagram and check him out. He makes boutique cosplays, all kinds of really, really awesome stuff. He also does uh, does tailor for he does uh, tailor work for normal people as well. Go check out Unmasked Studios on Instagram. I want you to tag us under your favorite cosplay that he does. Uh, second off, we have uh, Strike Force Energy. Go to strikeforceenergy.com or use the link in our bio to go check them out. Use promo code ATLASSTRENGTH at checkout. You're going to save 20% at checkout. What is Strikeforce Energy? Strikeforce Energy is a veteran-owned supplement company. It uh, comes in little 10-ounce packs. Uh, it's a liquid. You just pour it in whatever you want that's going to make sense with the flavor profile. And it's going to give you 170 milligrams of caffeine. Really, really good stuff. I use it every single day. It also comes in a little spraw pump bottle. 700 milliliters to put a couple of pumps in something as I'm making my coffee in the morning because I am a caffeine addict and I need caffeine to make my caffeine. It is actually kind of ridiculous. Remember what you told me earlier this week about Strike Force? What did I tell you earlier this week? The idea of putting lemon Strike Force in twisted tea. Yes. Uh, let's do that for our drink next week. We'll split. That's... We'll, we'll crack that quit twisted tea, just split it down the middle, pour it in a, pour it in a glass. And we'll put a couple of lemon strike forces in each one. Basically, have an alcoholic Arnold Palmer. Yeah, so uh, that's called a John Daly, by the way. Okay, we will have we will have the four <clears throat> locos of John Daly's essentially. Tune in next week, everybody. We're getting trashy. <laughs> oh God, this whistle pig is good. So our our most recent sponsor, they just came onto the podcast uh, about a month and a half ago. We have Impact Mouthguards. Go to impactmouthguards.com. And check them out. Most of the people listening to us, they're either nerds or they are strength athletes. We're talking to the strength athletes right now. If you use a mouth guard, you're going to get a better brace. You're going to be able to, uh, to really bite against it without cracking your teeth. And they make the best mouth guards on the market. What they're going to do is they're going to send you a mold. You're going to shove your teeth in holes. In, you're going to shove your teeth into that, and you're going to send it off to them. A few weeks later, you're going to have a custom mouth guard that is going to fit you and only you. No boil and bite for this. This is entirely customizable, and they're going to keep your uh, imprint on file for at least six months so that they can get your replacement. Like, let's say if you uh, if you accidentally get punched in the gut while you're flying through a helicopter and you lose it out of the helicopter file. 
It could happen. <clears throat> Likelihood of that happening is un is very low. It's far more likely that you're going to uh, leave it at the gym one day and never see it again. But if you are the type of person that uses the mouth guard while you're flying through helicopters and you might need a spare one, there you go. Uh, speaking of which, remind me. Uh, I got an email in my inbox right now. I need to check them out. I think they got word of uh, Rugru because they, they sent me an e- a very vague email that just says, hey, if you got any events that you need sponsors, let us know. So I definitely hey. hit them up. There we go. It happened literally the day after I posted the uh, – the weight breakdown for for Ruguru 2.0. So I don't think <laughs> coincidence. I think I think not. All right. So Damn, good. this is good. So Whistle Pig. Um, definitely check this one out. This is a ten year old rye whiskey. It goes for about a hundred dollars a bottle. So I did not pay a hundred dollars. Just to be clear, because Chelsea listens to this, it was a it's a tiny. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, a tiny bottle. He he bought a shot. So yeah. me and him are splitting half a shot right now just because – and I, I think he handed it to me with the intention of saying, hey, look at this because he knows I really, that, I, like, really love whiskey. Yeah. But – I like whiskey too. I just – Yeah. This is definitely one that you should uh, – this isn't a drink at home alone in the dark kind of Yeah. Whiskey. This is it's the kind of thing you want to sip on listening to vinyl in front of a fire. Did you know that they still make vinyls for modern day records? Yes, I did not know that until yes. a few. Uh, it few became ago. It, it became a trend again. So my boss uh, in the National Guard, he buys the vinyls for pretty much every band that he really likes. He's got a lot of Coheed and Cambria vinyl. He's got a lot of um, uh, what's that band that he's been? It's not Red Sun Rising. I don't think that's what it's called. Um, it starts with an N. It's not nothing more. It's going to hit me like after we stop recording when I'm just sitting here editing this to get it uh, released in the morning. Okay. But it, it's going to hit me then. But yeah, I did not think that there was that big of a market for vinyl anymore. But apparently it's, it's huge. Uh, you can thank hipsters for that. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to thank hipsters uh, for anything. No. No. Uh. So yeah, you caught up on Winter Soldier? I watched it twice. You watched it twice? Yeah. I, I didn't watch it twice. I watched it once, and then, you, you know me, I always dive deep into the uh, into the lore mm-hmm. just to, to see what I missed. And there wasn't a lot that was kind of underneath um, as far as the comic book lore goes, but, God, the acting in this episode. The acting, the action. It was a total package of an episode. Like, I, I really can't decide what... The guy that plays John Walker had it written down, and I erased it to make room. Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell. I knew it was Kurt Russell's son. I can't decide if him or Sebastian Stan did a better acting job this episode. Mm. That is because really, Wyatt really Russell tough. had to go all over the place too. He really did, and like you could see his descent into madness as this episode went on. Uh, just kinda, I don't know if you noticed, but like his five o'clock shadow started getting longer and longer. This dude had this dude looks like he hasn't slept in days. Uh, he, he started getting nervous ticks a lot throughout the episode. I know when him and Battlestar were sitting in the like little food court, mm-hmm. sitting there just kind of uh, you know, you know, bouncing talk off each other. His fight, you were talking about the five o'clock shadow, and it was really noticeable there. And by that point in the episode, man, he was just, he he had the rat on the wheel going in his head, and things mm-hmm. were just really bothering him. He. They 100% did a good job. It's like, 
he is obviously the villain of this story, but he shouldn't be in this position. They did a really good job at putting an ordinary average dude in a position that he is not equipped to handle. Yes. And he is breaking because of it. Yeah. So we open up this episode. We open it up in Wakanda. By the way, the episode is called The World is Watching, which if you saw the episode, which I know you did if you're listening to this, uh, if not, hopefully you listen to this at a later date. Um, the world is watching. We open in Wakanda, and it is, it's taking place far from the city. You've got Bucky and one of the member of the Dora uh, Dor Maget. They're sitting out by a fire, and they're trying to break Bucky of his programming, which if you remember shortly before this were the events of Captain America 3 Civil War where Zemo used his old programming against us to turn him loose against uh, against his friends. And we see her, and this is the same member of the Dora Maget that we saw at the, begin- at the end of the last episode. She is, bre- she is helping to break him of his programming by the end of it. Sebastian Stan's character, Bucky, he realizes that he is free and he bursts into tears. And it's it's a very beautiful scene. The score is beautiful because we hear that Winter Soldier music. And then when the last word hits and he realizes he is not under control because he's scared he's going to wind up being under somebody's control. He knows it's coming. And he isn't. And then we have like this soft piano music in the background. He comes into tears and she says, you are free. And you see it dawn on his face that he is actually uh, free. We see a lot of uh, flashbacks during uh, during the code words. Like we see him choking Tony's mom in the car. We see him fighting Captain America. Yeah. You really, I had forgotten what this character has been through uh, since he's since he was introduced in Captain America: Winter Soldier. Yeah, I mean but, he was. Yeah, dudes, he, talk about a tragic past. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely has issues. One hundred percent. Yeah. And rightly, I'd be worried about him if he didn't have issues. Right. So that's where the scene opens up. Then it cuts to where we left off last episode with that member of the Dormage and Bucky Barnes standing in this alley. And she's like, how could you release him? You know, because he killed their king. You know, Zemo is an asshole. For, for all of you people out there who love Zemo, stop it. I don't know. I, he's pretty lawful evil, if you ask me. He's an interesting character, which Marvel has had a very difficult time making good bad guys. They're doing a better job with their TV shows. And like, if you go back and you watch the Netflix TV shows, did, did you watch any of those? Agents of the Shield there for a little while. We, I'm talking was, about the ones on Netflix. On Netflix, no, yes. no. Go back and watch those. Watch the character development for the villains like Kingpin and Daredevil. Um the Purple Man and Jessica Jones. Like, they do a really, really good job of fleshing these villains out. You know, because that's, that's a problem you get with uh, with feature films is you got two, maybe two and a half hours tops. You got to spend a lot of that time developing your, your main heroes that are coming back in the sequels, and they tend to just say, this villain is doing this because he is evil. Yeah, you have uh, you have the problem of having to fit a lot of character development and arc into a short amount of time. Yeah, you just can't do it. And you look Star at Wars. Um, exactly. Yeah. But like you look at villains like Loki, people love Loki because he's had character development over, let's see, Thor, 
Uh, he was in Thor. He was in Avengers. Yeah, he was in the he original. Was in Thor yeah. two. He was yeah. in Thor three. He was in Infinity War. So right. he's had a lot of time to develop into the character that people love, as opposed to somebody like the dark. Like uh, I don't even remember that that bad guy's name, but the Dark Elves from Thor two. Yeah, nobody remembers why he was there. Right. Nobody. Nobody cares. I also found out something interesting. You know how uh, Guy Pierce's villain in Iron Man three was so underwhelming. Yeah. You know why? Why? Because the woman that he met at the beginning was was originally supposed to be the villain. She was going to be the big bad in that story, and Disney decided not to because they didn't think she'd sell toys. Mm. It's kind of sounds par for the course as far as Disney properties. Well, Disney, Disney makes more. Disney doesn't make it at the box office. No, they make, they it, make on it on merchandise. That's the way it's always been for this. They've kind of, for the they've content. comped their purchase of Lucasfilm on merchandise alone. And they've done a good job at it. Yeah. Oh, 100% good job. Right. So, anyway, back to Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. They're having that conversation outside in the alley, and Bucky actually mirrors the sentiment that Zemo had earlier with that Machiavellian concept of he is a means to an end. Mm-hmm. Which, have you ever read uh, The Prince? Never have. Okay, so basically what The Prince is... It was a book written by uh, by Nico Machiavelli, and the whole idea it was about politics and how your political alliances aren't something you're always going to be loyal to, but it's something to help you achieve a certain goal at a specific time. That's essentially Machiavellianism, and that's what that's what Zemo has has displayed through the entire time that he's been in the MCU. And that's what the characters of Sam and Bucky are displaying now in regards to using Zemo, which is kind of interesting. Um, and that's one thing I really wanted to talk about with these Marvel uh, shows that are coming out now. We saw it a lot in WandaVision, and we're seeing it a lot now in Falcon and Winter Soldier. They really don't have any clear black and white good guys and bad guys in any of these. It makes things a, fun. There is a lot of shades of gray. Yeah. Like, they've made the Flag Smashers characters that you can empathize with. They definitely, it makes it makes sense why they're doing what they're doing. I mean, really, the only, the only cut and dry good guy that we're really having in Captain America and Winter Soldier, not Captain America and Winter Soldier, and Falcon and Winter Soldier, yeah. is Sam. Sam. And yeah. that is solely to set him up as the new Cap. He is that morally, that lawful good that the new Cap is going to be. Like, you know, with, you know, I, I don't mean to jump around because I know we have, we have bullets, but with Carly, you don't like the, just like Sam said, can't get along, can't get on board the, with the way you're doing things. But I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense because he is in that same position she is. Right. You know, he was displaced. He can't get a loan because he doesn't have five years worth of, you know, income coming in. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, you want to talk about their plan uh, for whenever they go to the funeral and they're going to try to confront Carly? Uh, get a start on that while I'm cracking open these beers for you. Sure. Okay. Um. <clears throat> So, they, what was that like? That, oh, my. <laughs> I swear uh, that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, ooh. Um, but, yeah, 
So they are, they find out that. Making a mess over here. Yes. So they find out that Carly's mentor, what, uh, Mama, 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 I forget the. I don't remember her name. Anyway. She she was set up to be such an important character. Right. And now she's just a dead character. Yeah, that's it. Um, This is good. So they find out where this person perished and they know that they're going to have a funeral. So Bucky, Sam, Zemo go to this place. They're trying to find out what the, you know, and, and people are giving Sam the cold shoulder because Mm -hmm. they, are familiar with who he is and where he's from, and they don't trust him at they, this point. They know he's an Avenger, and they see the Avenger the Avengers as the establishment. Right, yes. Anyway. Mm. So, Zemo takes a different approach. He has his bag of Turkish Delight because it's mm-hmm. irresistible, and he goes and talks to a group of kids, finds out what information he needs to know about the uh, funeral and when they're holding the funeral so that they can link up, try to get a chance to talk with Carly and see if we can just, you know, defuse the situation. Yeah, they want to de-escalate the situation right. rather than escalate it further, which is huge commentary on the world today. Yes. There is a lot of that in this. There is... um. And they're definitely doing that on purpose, especially oh, absolutely. With, you know, at the end of this episode, which we'll get to. Right. So they get to the, they get to where the funeral is going to be. They see Carly. They confirm that she's there, and that's when John Walker and Battlestar show up, guns blazing, and want to bust in to a funeral with a bunch of civilians and take her by force. Yeah. Wants a cowboy up essentially, and. They, they managed to talk him into letting Sam go in by himself because that's what he does. He, he talks soldiers down. Yes. I, I, I like that because personally, I've, 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 I have personal experience with that, and mm-hmm. it was kind of heartwarming to see that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it goes back to how we met Sam in the first place. Yeah. Um, so star is the one that actually says, hey, man, this is a pretty good idea. We should listen to them. Yeah. Which they really set him up to be a much more likable character in this episode than he has in the past. It, it started to kind of, and we started seeing a little bit last episode, where it almost looked like we were going to see a, you know, a scene where Lamar was like, you're going down a path I can't follow, man. Right. It, it looked like we were starting to get to that point. Yeah. Um, going to be the Padme to. to his Anakin, yeah. Yes, yeah. the Padme to his Anakin. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to get that uh, through obvious re- uh, because of obvious reasons. Yes. But they wind up letting Sam convince him to go in, and that's when we really start to notice just how nervous this dude's getting. He's tired. He's He shouldn't be in this situation. He's starting to get all these ticks. Like, he's starting to uh, you see him touching his face a lot. His hands are twitching. Right. The dude's breaking down. Yeah. He's going through a mental break, and he's getting very impatient. And a lot of it is because nobody is recognizing his authority as Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's starting to whine. And now, Grant, 
that's one thing I'm seeing in a lot of the message boards is you've got a lot of people out there that think that John Walker is this entitled kid that didn't earn what he's got. Oh, no. I 100% disagree with that. He worked his ass off to get there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. As we find out, three medals of honor? For those of you who are just listening to us for our nerd content, you don't know what it takes to get a medal of honor, go and read a couple of medal of honor citations real quick. Most people that get medals of honor don't live to receive them. No. No. And it take it's it's literally takes an act of Congress to get to give somebody a medal of honor. So go read some of that and you'll realize why they chose John Walker. The dude is a hero. Right. He is one hundred percent he came into this a good man. But the whole situation he is in breaks him. And we see that. It's that whole power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Anyway, so Sam goes in. He's talking to Carly. And they're, they're reaching some common ground. And it looks like Sam's actually going to be able to talk her out of this and bring her in peacefully. That's when John Walker gets impatient. He busts in, guns blazing, and says, you're under arrest. And that's when things go to absolute shit. Absolute shit. Get, she she winds up getting uh getting out of the situation. She winds up getting out of there. Uh, I think who 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 wound up getting shot? Carly ended up getting shot by yes. Zemo. Carly got shot by Zemo as she as she was escaping. And that's when Zemo finds all the vials of Super Soldier Serum and just starts smashing them. Oh, by the way, earlier Zemo point blank asked Sam if he would take the Super Soldier Serum if offered. Without hesitation, Sam said, "No, I would not take it." I think they gained a lot more respect for each other there. 100%. Like, Zemo, his character, he believes that that the Avengers, the super soldiers, that at their root, they're the same as essentially the Nazis. It's, it's, it's something that, like, you can't want to be a super soldier without having some kind of sense of supremacy already in your head. He's... He he yeah, he's he's non discriminatory when it comes to the super soldier issue. Yes. And well, it's interesting though because that's the exact opposite how he was in the comics. Exactly. And the comics Zemo thought Zemo was superior to everyone. Right. Which it, it's a very interesting uh, twist that they've given to kind of make his character more likable and more relatable, which I don't necessarily agree with, but it, it's interesting. Um, where was I? Anyway, so Zemo catches Carly. He's smashing all these super soldier vials. That's when Captain America comes in. He breaks everything up. Carly escapes. <clears throat> Zemo chases after her. And John Walker, he sees one vial left in the corner. He puts it in his pocket. It's the last we see of that vial. Next thing we know, uh... You know, the the main cast that's chasing the Flag Smashers, they get into an argument again. They go their separate ways for a bit. You see John Walker and Lamar, they're having lunch, lunch dinner somewhere. John Walker asks him, would you take the Super Soldier Serum? Lamar says, 100% without hesitation. Hells yeah. And it doesn't happen on screen, but I think we know what happens next. Um... Or refresh my memory. Did that scene happen before or after the Doja Majay? Dora Majay? I think it happened well, before. I believe it did. Yes. Okay. 
Zemo. Wait, no, no. Doesn't matter. It's not the important part of the story. Right, you're right. Yeah, the order of those two events doesn't really make... It's six and one half a dozen the other. So we cut to a scene. We've got Sam. We've got Bucky. We've got Zemo. They're trying to figure out their next move. That's when Cap comes in. And he tries to flex his nuts again. Cap is uh, Cap actually says to Bucky, how do you want this... Or not Bucky, to Sam. How do you want the rest of this conversation to go? Like, he thinks he's about to whoop Sam's ass. He's about to put this shield down and make it even. And that's when the Dormage show up. Uh, and boy, did they show up. <laughs> I mean, she walked in and actually made the meme about it <laughs> and said, it smells like bitch in here. Still <laughs> <laughs> like, just great. Oh. Great meme. So, John Walker turns around. He gets real condescending. He's like, why don't you put your metal sticks down? And we're going to talk about it. And then he makes a mistake of touching her on the shoulder. And she whoops his ass. The Dormage start fighting him. And Battlestar, Sam and Bucky are just watching. Uh, I think at one point, he's like, hey, uh, Sam's like, hey, should we should we help them? Zemo's just sitting over there with his highball like, yeah, he, wow. He's enjoying it. So he is enjoying the show, yeah. watching John Walker getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Bucky actually says, you're doing great, Walker. <laughs> You know, because oh. he knows he just bit off more than he could chew. Right. So Walker's on the ground. One of the Dormagees is about to stab him in the face with this, with her metal stick. Disrespect. Mm. Have you noticed there is a huge... There, have you noticed that basically like the Vibranium Spears and the Baskar Spears are basically the exact same? It, they look damn near identical. They're both in their respective universes. Very durable metal yes so anyway that's when bucky comes in he grabs the spear and says yeah this is getting too far and now it's all four of the main characters that we've seen fighting dormage this is when zemo decides to slip out the back door unnoticed as as sam said he uh pulled an el chapo yes probably a good move i love that night i love that line also yeah at this point we see a couple of things we see we see the the warriors of Wakanda just absolutely shame Walker. Like she throws her spear, pins him against the wall. He can't get the spear loose from the wall. He is stuck there. He is useless for the rest of the fight. And we see the uh, we see the warrior that Bucky was talking to at the beginning of the episode does a few little ninja pressure point things. His armor just completely falls off. Uh, you that see was... the look on his face. These people still don't trust me. Right. Um. I really felt for uh, for Bucky at that point. I did too. I, I, I saw somebody post a meme that they that she hit his she hit his arm with the uh, contra code, and that's why it fell off. Pretty much, yeah. And so his arm falls off. He's out of the fight. They all converge on John Walker. He's laying on the ground, looking helpless. One of the warriors effortlessly pulls her spear out that he's been struggling with for the last five minutes of being useless. And he just looks defeated. And that's when she does her signature, uh, our Captain America signature, step on the shield, pop it up into the ready position. She looks like she's about to take this dude's shield. The leader of the group says, give him a shield back. And she hands it to him like like she's handing a child his toy back. (laughs) He looks defeated and says the words, they weren't even super soldiers. Yeah. So this goes back. I can't help but notice the parallels between 
Zemo's flaw, Zemo's idea that the idea of wanting to be a super soldier is rooted in supremacy and him getting pissed off because he just got his ass whooped by a bunch of black women. That wasn't a coincidence. No, no. So the next thing we see, we see our heroes. They've caught up with, uh, with the flag smashers. They're going to go in. They're going to, uh, they're going to try to figure things out again. John Walker and Battlestar show up. So let's talk about how this meeting got set up first. Okay, tell us how the meeting got set up. So Carly. That's right, I forgot about calls that. Calls Sam's sister. I forgot about that. And basically says, Sam needs to meet me. We need to talk or your nephew or your sons are in danger. Yeah. And Sam says, pack a bag. Yep. Get to a safe place. Just know I'll never let anything happen to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I felt like that was an important piece. It, it was an important piece. I had definitely forgotten that. So yeah. he meets her at the designated location. She says straight up, I wouldn't have actually have done that. I just needed you to meet. And I believe her. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't see Carly as the type to go after kids. I really don't. I don't, don't. think Carly is going to hurt people that are in the same situation that they are. Definitely not. And... You could kind of tell that his sister and Carly were on the same page right? with a lot of this. which Both of them kept each other at arm's length, but they got it. Yeah. They got it. 100%. Yeah. Um, so John Walker uh, comes in, guns blazing, and a guy goes hit him with a metal pipe. John Walker bends that metal pipe 180 degrees. He has obviously taken the super soldier serum. The guy says, oh, shit, and then just gets kicked. 20 feet across the room. Yeah. Yeah. We see John Walker get more and more angry as this goes on. And this kind of goes back to Captain America one, where the inventor of the super soldier serum actually mentions that the serum brings out what is already there in greater quantities. Right. Steve was a great man. It made, it made, it was a good man. He made him a great man. Red skull was a monster. It turned him into a literal monster. Now we're kind of seeing that with John Walker. He, was slowly becoming more and more unhinged. And this was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for his own psyche. They're in this big fight. Everybody has knives for some reason. Well, we know the reason. The reason why is because these showrunners for Falcon and Winter Soldier purposely wanted to keep guns out of it as much as possible so that we could have more hand-to-hand combat. So that's why there are so many knives. So that comment, why does there, what's with all the knives, that's what it's about. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of gunfire. Yes. But... We want to see hand-to-hand combat the, with super soldiers. When you hear the swoosh, 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 you, you tend to pay closer attention. Mm-hmm. Oh, backtracking. One thing that I thought of, that look he gave Sam after the door mache whooped his ass, when he, he realized he's been hang, that Sam has been hanging with these people since the beginning without being a super soldier. Yeah. He realized that Sam would have whooped his ass too. Yeah. One hundred percent. Sam is a, a skilled ass man. He had a newfound respect for Sam yeah. after that fight because Sam was still standing and they and he wasn't. Yeah, he got his ass handed to him. Right. He, I think at this point his own inferiority complex has made him realize he doesn't deserve the shield, and that's why he takes the super soldier serum. He he, he reached a moral crossroads where he really did. Yeah, and he thought just like the running theme of this series, the end just, the end justifies the means. Yep. So anyway, they get into this big fight. 
at this point, Lamar has been uh, he's been incapacitated somewhere else. He freezes himself just in time to save his buddy from death. And in return for that action, Carly rolls around and punches him into a concrete column. His body shatters on impact, and he is dead. Or at least we think he's dead. You know, we didn't feel a heartbeat or anything. Carly realizes she just killed somebody she didn't intend to kill, which I took issue with because she was trying to kill everybody anyway. They all had knives. You don't go into a knife fight not intending to inflict moral harm. Right, yeah. So I don't know why she was shocked that she just punched a dude without superpowers and his body shattered. Do you think it might have been that uh, even... She knows that she's taken a super soldier serum at this point, but it hasn't really done much with it and didn't know her own strength with it. That's possible because we saw, I think we saw a lot of that with John Walker going in. Right. Um, I think going into that fight where he did a lot of stuff, like he bent the, he bent the metal in half, he threw his shield and instead of it bouncing back, it got stuck in the wall. Yeah. I think that was kind of a darker version of the, of the chase scene we saw at the beginning of Captain America where he's going after the guy who uh, just killed the scientist. I don't remember the scientist's name. But we see he, he stumbles because he's too fast. He's mm-hmm. not used to being that fast. He accidentally like rips a car door off because he's not used to being that strong. Yeah, I think we saw a lot of that. Now, Carly, she's had a little bit longer to get used to it, but she just got done going toe-to-toe with another super soldier. And I think it's kind of like... Um, do you remember when I went to go do front squats after deadlifts that one day? And when I was tying my lifters, I literally just ripped my shoelaces in yeah. half. I think it was I think it was something yeah. similar to that. You know, your body's firing on all cylinders. It's hard to turn that off. Right. But there's instant regret, and she tells her people to get out of there. John Walker, he goes to his uh, friend who is dying on the ground. This is the dude's best friend. They've been through a lot together. Not just his best friend. I would go so far as to say as his voice of reason. Yeah, and his brother. It, it really was his voice of reason. That was his conscience. We're gonna right. see some. We're gonna see some dark shit. In I believe six. we are. Yeah. Um, episode six. Are we on episode five or four? Five. Five. Okay, five. that's right. We're covering four. We're covering four. Yes, that's next right. Next week is five. The so, week after so that, we're is... gonna see some dark shit in the yeah. next couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think we're going to see the end of John Walker in this next episode. So. John Walker goes to chase after Carly. He doesn't catch Carly. He catches one of Carly's teammates who earlier said Captain America was his hero. There's a little scuffle. Then Captain America, or I'm not even going to call him Captain America. John Walker takes a shield and beats the guy's sternum until he is dead. The same exact move that Steve Rogers used against Iron Man, but Iron Man did one strike against an armored suit to disable an arc reactor and stopped. There was no stopping John Walker. No, there was he no stopping John. He kept going until that shield was bloody. And we look up and everybody is filming him. Everybody. Uh, World star. It was right up there with, remember in The Boys, that scene where he kind of snaps and just kills everybody? And yeah. And filmed? Yeah. It was that scene. It was, it was, this, yeah. He they, went, he went full Homelander. They definitely took, I think they definitely took a lot of inspiration from the boys with their, uh, with John Walker. Well, I and mean, there's a lot of parallels. We also know that they are producing a Thunderbolt series. And I think the Thunderbolts is going to feel very much like watching the boys. I, I really uh, do. Are you I'm familiar, about it. You familiar with the Thunderbolts? I am not. Okay. So the Thunderbolts was a group of heroes 
created by Ross, which was, you know, General Ross, now Senator Ross. He becomes the Red Hulk in the comics. Okay. So if you remember the Abomination in the Hulk movie, mm-hmm. he basically takes the same red same serum and becomes the Red Hulk. Okay. And it's essentially a group of it's essentially the Marvel's version of Suicide Squad. Is kind of how you can describe it. Okay. But I think John Walker is going to wind up going over to that group uh, because we know that that's confirmed. We also know the Young conven- young Avengers is confirmed, and we're seeing them introduce a lot of different characters. Right. I think we're also going to see Taskmaster join that group from the Black Widow film coming out. Cool, cool. So, yeah, that's where it ends. Uh, it ends with this crowd of people filming John Walker as he just murdered a man in cold blood in the streets. Which I saw on a lot of the message boards, people were like, Steve Rogers never killed people. <laughs> we had this conversation the other day. So yeah. I don't know if y'all realize this while uh, reading home. I did a little research so I get the numbers for y'all. Captain America's vibranium shield weighs 12 pounds. It's got a sharp edge to it. He throws that shield at 43 miles an hour. So imagine being hit in the head, which he hits a lot of people in the head, with a... Sharp twelve pound frisbee at forty three mile at the at the speed of a car. Realistically, he'd decapitate some people with this. Right. Shit. We've also seen him boot soldiers that were just because in Captain America two, a lot of those soldiers he fought probably didn't know they were Hydra. Yeah, they were just following you know Hydra orders as under Shield. A lot. Of, he we saw him boot some of those off of a helicarrier. We saw him in Avengers 1 grab an M4 and shoot at soldiers that worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. that were under Loki's mind control. Yeah. (sighs) He's a good man doing what he has to do, but to say that Captain America doesn't kill, I mean, hell, the Chitauri, they're a sentient race. They know right versus wrong. They're self-aware. If you don't think the Chitauri are people, that's kind of racist. (laughs) <laughs> Steve Rogers killed a lot of things Right He's a good man but there, There's a lot of people who didn't like Walker Because he killed Steve Rogers killed too It was just framed different by the story writers So You know if Steve Walker is evil Then so is every single you know US soldier Because that's essentially what he was He was a soldier fighting a war Now at the end of the show He went way too far and by law, the U.S. military would have put him in Leavenworth. Oh, yeah. War crime, definitely. But up until this point, he wasn't this <clears throat> villain of evil that a lot of people in the message boards think he is. He's just a guy that kind of looks like the old man from Up while he's wearing the Captain America suit. Exactly. <laughs> that still cracks me up. You just you just hate him because he's wearing Steve Rogers' costume. That's all. That's it. That's it. So you got anything to add as far as the show goes? <clears throat> so let's talk about John Walker taking this super soldier serum. How did he take this super soldier serum? I'm putting my money on. He found him a dark corner, pulled out America's ass, and uh, think it was he, he butt chugged it. Yeah, think he butt chugged it. <laughs> I did not expect this to go down. Um, that was actually something that I noticed when watching it. <clears throat> Carly mentioned when she took the serum, it was the most painful experience of her life, and it took a while. Right. That doesn't make sense. I will say, like, we, we touched on it earlier in what we were talking about, but, you know, John Walker has 
been through war. Yeah, he might just be tougher than Carly. He might be just he just might be tougher than Carly. That's all. Yeah, that's true. That could also explain why his ears were bleeding. Yeah, yeah. At the uh, whenever he ran up to Battlestar as he was dying, mm-hmm. which I don't think Battlestar's dead. I think he's too likable of a character. I think he's going to be like in the hospital. I don't want him to be because I was. I I was liking him. I I I felt like he was getting a bad rap in all this. He was just you know he was he was John Walker's friend. He was John Walker's friend. Guilty by association. Guilty. I would even say guilty by association. He was the. He seems like the guy that would. Galactica. Huh. That was for Galactica. I can't stop. Uh, identity theft is not a joke. It is not a joke. It is really a shame that's the, that was that character's name in the comics. I know. It's such an unfortunate name. But, yeah, I felt like, like I said earlier, I feel like it's his voice of reason. I feel like, uh, you know, when John was faced with a difficult decision that may have steered him wrong morally, you know, Lamar said, hey, not a good idea. Let's do it this way. If anyone's ever going to be able to talk John Walker back off the edge, it's going to be it's going to be Lamar. Right. But I don't think he's going to be walking much for the rest of these two episodes. Uh, so hmm. What are some things they still have to uh, we still have to figure out? There's a lot that has to happen in the next couple of episodes. Well, let's uh, touch on that real quick. So we have no idea who the power broker is. Nope. Which I have a feeling the power broker is going to wind up. Hold, let me hit this button. I really hope that didn't stop the recording with my dad calling. I don't think it did. Here we go. Uh, so with the power, we don't we don't know who the power broker is, which I have a feeling power broker is going to be connected to the Mandarin, the actual Mandarin, not the uh, not the version we got in Iron Man three that was such a letdown. That was such that that was just that was awful. Uh, so I think we're going to figure out who the actual Mandarin is, I mean, not who, or who the power broker is, and I think it's going to have to do with the Mandarin, just because the Order of the Ten Rings is something that Marvel is uh, is currently working on. Yep. We have to we have to come to a resolution with the Flag Smashers. We have about two episodes to do that. We have to figure out what the hell we're going to do with Walker. Sam has to get the shield. Those are the things that have to happen. We've already seen a couple of scenes of Sam practicing with the shield at his Louisiana home. Mm-hmm. And we've seen Bucky there. And Bucky's kind of walking him through, hey, this is how this thing works. Right. Because you know, Bucky's used it. He, kn- he knows what's up with it. But that's a lot to happen in two episodes. These next two episodes are going to be very fast-paced, which is one of the reasons why I think John Walker is going to be that's going to be taken care of next episode because we need we need time for Sam to use the shield for a while and we've, we're going to see Sam in the Captain America outfit. We have to. I don't know if it's going to be at the very end after everything's all said and done when uh, the country is introducing him as the new Captain America or if he's going to just have the suit come up with it himself and... We'll see him do the last fight as Captain America. Another thing I haven't noticed yet, or I haven't noticed happen yet, is we're now four episodes in. We still haven't seen a post-credit scene yet. Not a single one. 
I've been sticking around trying to find. Oh them. yeah, me too. I want to say, for Wandavision, we started. We saw the first post credit scene, the second to last episode, right? Did we see? Let's see. We saw them. We saw them introduced. Uh, introduced White Vision. Mm-hmm. We saw uh, Ralph. Uh, so yeah, we saw three post credits. We, we saw three post credit scenes. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have one next episode. I'm sure. I feel like we will. I feel like the last two will. Um, another thing, where the fuck did Zemo go? We need to know that. That's right. Yeah, we haven't seen Zemo uh, since he escaped. Right. Think Zemo's going to wind up being the big bad? I don't think he's going to be the big bad. I just... Or you think he just escaped to show up in another Marvel property later on like Loki does? I, I think the latter. Mm. Maybe. Because the Dormelage still hadn't got their hands on him. And they still True. want him. True. So we might see him at, in Black Panther 2. I, I feel like we might. Because they are still making Black Panther 2. They just I don't think they've announced quite the direction they want to go with it. I want I, I want to say they've announced officially that his sister is going to take on the role. Yeah. But I, I don't know if they've quite figured out how that's going to work, though. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited yeah. to see it. Me too. And I really didn't think of Zuri as much a fighter. Unfortunately, you know, human loss is part of everything yeah. we do. It's a shame. Yeah. I'm just glad they're not recasting. I That would have been... That would have been a slap in the face it to been. everyone. It would have been. Right. You know, it's not like you're trying to recast uh, War Machine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, War Machine was pretty... Mu- he wasn't really a major character. Yeah. And, you know... Uh, recasting Hulk three times twice twice you're you're right really they only they got Marvel only recasted Hulk once and to be fair the Incredible Hulk wasn't a Disney property at the time no I don't think the first two were right okay so you have the Hulk which that was the Ang Lee movie which mm-hmm. came out. It was one of the first superhero movies that came out. That was Eric Bana's Hulk. Yes, that was Eric Bana. Yeah. That was back when every single superhero franchise was self-contained. And it was its own thing. And people were scared to death to make a superhero movie back then. Yes, they were. Because, it was, uh, you know. It came out shortly after Spider-Man did. Yeah. And I remember it had the, one of the best superhero trailers ever. Because mm-hmm. all it was was Eric Bana looking into a mirror. You could tell he was going insane. And then they showed his eye, and then they showed the eye go green, his face go green, and then the Hulk busted through the bathroom door and grabbed Eric Bana. And that was all they showed for the trailer. Yeah. And you knew a Hulk movie was coming. And that oh, was, yeah. That was all it was. It was almost as good as the teaser poster for episode one when it first came, when we first started getting one for episode one. Yeah. Like pre-internet. Yeah. It was just a young Anakin standing outside of his house in the Vader of Darth, in the shadow of Darth Vader. That was such a good poster. That, yes, it was. Yes. It still is. Tw- damn near 25 years later. They used to do things right back then. They did. Like, now they show so much of what you're going to actually see in the movie, it's ridiculous. Agreed. And you had to, back then, you had to wait to go to the movie to see all this. Now you just right. look online. Yeah. It, it, you know, I've been excited to see a trailer, trailer in the movies in five years. Yeah. When a trailer drops, it you, you know, you see it five or six times from... 
all the Facebook outlets you follow. Yeah. And it's like first the trailer leaks online, and then the studio's like, well, okay, we might as well release it. Right, yeah. That's the way it works now. But don't get me wrong, I like the ability to sit there on YouTube and pick apart Easter eggs and things like that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's cool. fun, but... That's how we figured out that Mecha Godzilla was going to be in the Godzilla movie because yeah. we saw half a second of what looked like Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, couldn't tell, but we had an idea. Mm-hmm. Did you wind up watching that? Still haven't. So good. All right. So where were we in the actual talking about Marvel? Um, we were talking about the recast of Hulk three times. Yes. But so you had uh, Edward Norton. Yeah. Then after you had that. Edward Norton. Edward Norton, Disney hadn't bought Marvel yet. Yeah. Um, so Iron Man and the Hulk, those were Marvel properties. So they were, it was going to be an interconnected universe, but Disney hadn't purchased the rights yet. Yeah. After Disney purchased the rights, Edward Norton hadn't signed a contract. He had no interest in doing all that. He didn't want to be locked into a six movie deal for the next 10 years of his life because he thinks he's you know, a little bit more highbrow than that. He cooled off tremendously after that, too. He did. I don't remember a single don't thing Edward Norton's r- been in since then. Don't get me wrong. Right. I think he did uh, The Illusionist or some something like what? that. What? Uh, it, 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 it I've was a, heard of it. It was a shit can of a movie. You know what I have heard of? What? Avengers. And Mark Ruffalo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard of Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> uh, Mark Ruffalo got tons of work off of, yeah, he did. Off of that. Uh, and I don't know what he's been in besides The Avengers. Hey, uh, Mark Ruffalo? Yeah, Mark Ruffalo. Uh, my I think gosh. he's been like some chick flicks, hasn't he? Yeah, he, he's he's actually a pretty damn good actor, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, what is some of the other stuff? There was a movie he did with Kira Knightley. It was a, like a more of an indie film, though. We haven't uh, seen Kira Knightley in anything in a while either. Yeah. Yeah, Smoke Show. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these people have continued to get work because they've played in these movies. Robert Downey Jr. was all but dead whenever mm-hmm. he took took the Iron Man role. Same with Paul Bettany. Yeah. Paul uh, Bettany was just told he would never work a day in Hollywood again. And then he got a phone call from um, from Josh Weed and said, do you want to play Vision? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, yes, I do. Yeah. Um you got Scarlett Johansson, you got Chris Evans, you got, uh, man, I could go on and on and on. Chris Evans has done a lot besides Captain America. He's done a lot. Before, he did a lot before and he did a lot after. Yeah, too. he's still doing stuff. Right, yeah. Like one of the reasons he wanted to, uh, to end Cap's story was so that he could go on and do other projects. Right. You know, it's not that he got bored with the role, but you know, he wants to he wants to continue his career and do other things. I feel like he may or may not pop up here and there. I'm sure he will. With it. I don't um, think it's a coincidence that there's a rumor going around that Chris Evans or that uh, Steve Rogers is living on a base in the moon. Because <laughs> we know that exists. Yeah. You know, that's where Samuel Jackson is. Yeah. So, which reminds me, that's something that I'm wondering about. Remember how they uh, they revealed that uh, the director Fury was a scroll? Yeah. How long do you think he's been a scroll for? Have you thought about that? How long has he been a scroll? Because he's known the scrolls since uh, since the eighties. Yeah. Um, For all we know, a scroll said, "I want to tell you about the Avengers Initiative in Iron Man One." Yeah. 
We don't know. Could could be. Well, uh, we know that Monica Rambo is uh, linking up with him here soon. We though. do. Yeah. Yep. Um, shit, dude. Yeah, Secret Invasion is going to be a huge story. Yeah. I can't wait. It's going to be even bigger than uh, than Hydra. Uh, yeah, you see Samuel Which, L. Jackson as Nick Fury, and you know that uh, thing. You know, usually that's a time where Quentin Tarantino's not busy. Pretty much. Um, but man, space is a motherfucker. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of Samuel L. Jackson, what do you think about all these rumors that Mace Windu's still alive? Oh. there's anything to that? Well, I don't know. A lot of people thought he might the you know half dead half alive carcass of mace windu was going to be there for grogu uh that turned out to not be mm-hmm. the case i don't know at this point what good would it do i because i don't know about you but season episode of the clone wars he left a bad taste in my mouth oh, yeah. with the way he addressed ahsoka tarno he, he was a dick he was he was a complete and total asshole and it, it was just a it was a just a prime example of how the cockiness of the Jedi clouded their ability to uh, see what was coming. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, saw a little short the other day. It was uh, as Darth Vader is dying next to Luke. It showed Obi Wan's Force Ghost come up and like come, you know talking him through how to become a force ghost because he's come back to the light. Right. And then Yoda is there next to him, you know, telling him. And then Mace Windu just looking at him. <laughs> and then all the little Jedi kids, all the little Padawans, come play with us, Master Skywalker. <laughs> all with all with their lightsabers. And then you yeah. just see his eyes go wide. Right. You know what? Uh, I don't I don't I think I don't think I want to go to the force. I I just I remember when the the uh, Rise of Skywalker came out, and you know, at the end when Ray was getting all the Force voices, mm-hmm. and you know, you had like a bunch of them. Get up, motherfucker! Get up, motherfucker! <laughs> 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 that that was such a great meme. So I don't think that they're going to bring out Mace Windu simply for the fact that I don't think they could afford Samuel L. Jackson for a TV show. I don't think so either. Based solely on that, I don't think he's coming back. No, doesn't make sense for the budget. He's made enough money with Disney already. He's made a lot of money. Well, he's made a lot of money for the past 30 years. Not with Disney. Not with Disney, but yeah. Because he didn't. Because really, Marvel's the only property for Disney he's worked with. Yeah. Did, was he in the Clone Wars at all for the last season? Uh, he did the voice, yes. So he's done voiceover stuff. He's done Disney. voice work, yes. Did he do the voiceover stuff for the originals? Nope. They just brought Samuel L. Jackson in on a whim. It's like, let's bring Samuel L. Jackson in. Yeah. Bet they had to piss off the original voice actor. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me. But, eh. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. They, uh, they did a lot of cool stuff with that final season, though. Which, mm-hmm. I know we discussed yesterday. I'm excited about it. Maybe you not so much, but... The Bad Batch series coming up. I mean, up. I'm still going to watch it because it's Star Wars, but I really have no desire to watch Guardians of the Galaxy fight young Amal Tarkin. <laughs> uh, That's all the Bad Batch is. It's yeah. the same character dynamic, and they're led by Charlie Sheen. 
Yeah. Like, that is definitely Charlie Sheen from Hot Shots. I really just, I don't, I can't bring myself to care about the Bad Batch. Eh. Maybe, the, maybe they'll change your mind. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time. Like, I didn't think I was going to give a shit about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but they've done a really good job with it. Just because I didn't really care about Sebastian Stan's character, and I didn't really care about Sam. Yeah. You know, just... They're definitely not the, you know... They're the B-Squad. The they are B-Squad. They are not top-tier Avengers. No. But they are Avengers. But they're top-tier Avengers now because... They are. You know? Yeah, just whack the shit out of that. I mind. did. I just... Ninja chopped it. Yeah. Judy Chop. Judy Chop. Fill the whole place with it. Judy Chops. Yep. All right. So the one more nerdy thing I kind of want to hit on. Let's do this. So, you know, I've been playing um, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot a lot lately. Yeah. Right? So I, I beat the main storyline. I know you're not really going to follow much of what I'm saying. Just throw it at me. Uh, so I beat the main storyline and I finally got the, uh, the DLCs yesterday for it where you mm-hmm. go through. So after the main series, Dragon Ball Z, they released two movies. They released uh, Battle of the Gods, and they released uh, Resurrection of F. In Battle of the Gods, the main character, uh, the main two characters, Goku and Vegeta, well, really by Resurrection of F, that happens. They become millions of times stronger than they did at the end of the last series within the first like few episodes, essentially. So I was downloading that, and I was like, so how are they going to? you know, make that work because we just have a steady crawl since then. They broke the game in all the right ways for this DLC. Cause you go to you go so the main character in Battle of the Gods that they fight against is the god of destruction for their universe. He's the most powerful being in their universe. Second most powerful being. The most powerful being is his attendant who trained him and he trains our main two protagonists in the series from then on out. And that's how they become millions of times stronger. They have a they have a feature in this game where you can go and you can train against him, and they have different like levels to it. Like uh, this one's recommended for level 50, 100, 150, 250. The prizes you get for going through the training, and you can go through them as many times as you want, are these items that when you consume them, it's straight experience points. So nice. when, when I downloaded this last night, my main character was level 111 or 113, something like that. Within a few hours, my characters were at 260. Damn. That's <laughs> it, progress. It took me like 60-something hours to get to where I was, and within yeah. a few hours, I doubled it. And I don't think I have ever seen a game break their characters in such a... Um, in such a way that is true to the source material. Wow. As this game did. But like all the people you're fighting, like the villains, they keep up. So like the villains you fight, he's level 250. Even though the villain you fought, you know, a little bit shorter than that was level like 85. Nice. You know, so they just break everybody. And it's kind of interesting because, like, now I can go back because uh, you get, like, a time machine feature, mm-hmm. something that was in the show. So I can go back and fight somebody who was hard back when I was level 30 and just one hit. Just it's, totally kick their ass. Just one, yeah. low, literally, like, one hit and it's done. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, it's really interesting how they did these game dynamics. Is there anything else you want to talk about this go around? Mm, no, man. I think we... uh. 
Then we covered a lot of good stuff. We really did. Um, strongman stuff. Yeah. Uh, not really going to cover anything that's happening in the sports strongman right now, but I do want to say, if you've been following the gym, you know that every year we do the uh, the annual Rougarou Classic. It's our strongman competition we host here. The weight matrix has been put online. Uh, we are officially sanctioned by United States Strongman. So you can go to uh, you can go to United States Strongman. You can find the event. You can sign up. I really want this to be an awesome competition. We're troubleshooting how we're going to do the Hercules right now. It's either going to be two cars or we're going to set up some timbers. Haven't really figured out how we're going to do that yet, but we will. So definitely go and check that out because we are not just nerds here. We are also strength athletes, and we want to grow the sport of strongman in Louisiana. So other than that, you ready to take it home? Yeah, sure. All right. So take it home, first and foremost. Our chief sponsor that made all this possible, got everything started, bought these mics, bought these mic stands, bought my little adapter so that I could hook up the uh, the fo- the audio interface. Unmasked Studio. I cannot... I, I really can't describe just how awesome this guy's work is. You're going to have to check him out for himself. Please go to Unmasked Studio. Little hint the way the way the uh, the way the algorithms work. Go and save your favorite uh, cosplay that he does. Save it to your fall files. That's going to help boost him in the algorithms. If you don't have the money to buy one of his uh, cosplays, by saving it in the uh, in your uh, in your Instagram, somebody who does might see it because he is going to be shown to more people. That's going to help him out a lot. He helped us. We're asking you to help him in return. Second, use promo code Atlas Strength at Strike Force Energy. Wake your ass up. Take some Strike Force. Like I said, next week we're going to be doing some. Uh, so what would you call them? What's that? Uh, the Alcoholic Arnold Palmer's. Oh, John Daly's. Yeah, next week we're going to be doing some uh, the Four Loco <clears throat> of John Daly's. They're going to have caffeine. They're going to have alcohol. It's going to get uh, it's going to get weird in here. It's definitely uh, it's going to be a lot less classy than what we're drinking right now. How do you even pronounce this, dude? That's a. Uh, Let's see. You're talking about the brand? Yes. Woo! Oh, Wine Stefaner. We'll go with that. It's the world's oldest brewery, as. It- as it says here, it's really good. Oh yeah, I, I love I, like I love Bavarian alcohol. I love bad. Bavarian beer. Um, we didn't talk about my first time getting drunk. I'll tell you the story afterwards. Okay, yeah. Uh, and you can decide whether or not we can talk about that next week <laughs> on the podcast. If you want to hear about the first time I ever got drunk, shoot me a message. Let me know. I'll tell right. you the story. Um, final. If you want to, if you want to support us, Impact Mouthguards. Go to impactmouthguards.com. Use promo code Atlas Strength. Help get something to protect your grill. So, yeah, um, strength athletes, uh, they have started taking the strength world by storm with their with their mouth guards. Uh, I got in on their beta program. I've had that <laughs> beta. <laughs> I, beta testing program. I'm sorry. Uh, I usually don't have a second drink, so there you go. Um, but... They're great people. They make a great product. Their customer service is top notch. Um, my son has one. My daughter has one. I have one. So my daughter's going. We are going to Orlando the last week of July mm-hmm. for. Uh, she does Tang Sudo Karate and she's competing in the ITF Worlds in Orlando, Florida. That's awesome. It is, and. Me personally, I'm looking forward to it. What does it feel like to have a daughter that's more badass than you? 
Hmm. No comment. Anyway, <laughs> with uh, with everything she does, you know, it, she's ten years old, but mm-hmm. she faces off against people our size. Yeah, and does quite well. But if one of those people our size just so happens to kick her in the mouth, she has an impact mouth guard. She's gonna keep her teeth. She's gonna keep. She's her gonna teeth. keep her teeth. She's gonna keep her teeth. We don't have to make an emergency trip to the dentist. We don't have to worry about that. All because we made a little investment in impact mouth guards. And if you make that investment yourself, use Atlas Strength at checkout and save money. Going to save 10% at checkout. That's going to save you a little pretty penny. Absolutely. All right. So, yeah, other than that, go check us out on Instagram, Atlas Strength Shop. Go check us out on Instagram, Atlas Nerds and Iron Podcast. If you like dogs, you can hear the one tall barking background. World's strongest dog park on Instagram. Yeah. I'm also, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about starting another one for the Atlas memes. And just basically uh, world's strongest meme, but uh, better because I'm, I'm, I'm funnier than they are. They kind of, uh, they, they, their stuff's kind of sour sometimes. And I think we can do a good job with some memes. So if you want to hear, if you want Atlas memes to be a thing, definitely shoot me a DM. We can make that happen. Other than that, you got anything else to add? Nothing at all. See y'all next week. Y'all have a good one. Later, guys.